Welcome back to part two of the podcast with no name, Exploration into True Crime. Just a warning for this episode, it does contain triggers of murder, serial killers and all things that are pretty messed up. What is the first crime or event that got you into true crime? Silence of the Lambs. Jodie Foster. Yeah, absolutely. That's that kind of really, I don't know if you'd say hit a nerve, but um, it was just that whole thing, you know, it could be someone living next door and who, mm. you know, just frightening, absolutely frightening. And the yeah. scene where the girl is down in the, in the well and he's just taunting her from above, that was just, oh, wow. Terrific. Yeah. Fantastic. Probably the first yeah, one I got thrilling. into was that doco on, on BTPK that I saw on TV. And, I mean, that was fascinating, the the um, planning involved and the manipulation. That was all interesting as, but, um, you know, his own ego brought him undone like a lot of them, you know. He had it all wrapped up. He could have got away with this forever and it was just his own stupidity, his own ego that ended up catching up. Um, one that stands out is the guy who threw his girlfriend from the balcony in in the city. Um, oh yeah, a few years ago, Gitani. Yes, that's Gitani. the person's name. Oh. Yeah. Sid. Uh, there was the book I read. I think it was called The River Killer, and it was based on a series of FBI interviews that Ted Bundy did to help them to solve the Green River Killer case. Oh. And Ted had an uh, amazing amount of insight that helped them to narrow down their focus and eventually capture him. But there was an incredible kind of byplay. Like the more he was helping them, they realised the more they could get to understanding him and maybe accidentally slip out a confession. And oh. just the byplay, and these are actual interviews. And I think it was just called The, uh, the River Killer, but I did not know what I was getting into. That fascinated me. But yeah. you, it was more from the police interview side and trying to understand how Ted ticked. And Ted actually volunteered to help them to find a, the river, Green River Killer. He wrote, yeah. said, I yeah. can offer you some insights. What a nice guy he is. Mm. Oh, yeah, he was just, yeah. Top bloke. He, Top bloke. So he's a true global citizen. So for me, I think it was, like Eddie said, you know, watching Silence of the Lambs, it's still, I watch it at least once a month, and so it still the, gives me the, the rush of, you know, that whole scene right where Jodie's going down and, and finding him. The rush I get from that I don't get from a lot of things. I think everybody's... Have, has a stake in that just from self-preservation and, pres self and preservation for their family because if there are people out there that can do that, you need to know about it so maybe you can understand it a bit better and protect those who you care about and yourself. Yep. So for me, 
wouldn't say I got into it, uh, but I was uh, working in Barrel and Ivan Milat was around at the time. So I think that was, for me, hit home. I had hitchhiked along that road a couple of times, but not very often. Usually people would pick me up or whatever when I was moving around that area and, and very infrequently, I'm talking once or twice. But to know it was happening within a 30-kilometre radius of where I was living and what I was doing, that sort of hit home. I was like, whoa, okay, true crime. I didn't think true crime. I just thought, wow. Yeah, so not only for me it was Ivan Milat because I used to drive between Sydney and Canberra, mm. you know, all the time. Um, the Jean-Bernet Ramsey case was huge mm. as well. That's yeah, one that, that was... I, yeah, and still keeps me awake at night, uh, that, you know, trying hideous. to figure that out. Yeah. So I suppose, I mean, there's so many, you know, that you can really think of. But I always grew up watching horror movies. I was reading Agatha Christie. I was watching Poirot, you know, the Peter Houstonoff 70s mysteries of Death on the Nile. Nile Yeah, I loved all of those. So we're now going to talk about serial killers. So you were quite lucky to survive if you were a sorority girl in the 70s living in California because most of the serial killers were based out of California in the 70s. Who is your favourite serial killer? Who's your favourite? Favourite? That's the, that's Come the on. title. Yeah. Who's your favourite serial killer? So my favourite serial killer, I've got a few, but it would have to be Fred and Rosemary West. Oh, geez, those sickos. <laughs> yeah, really, really fucked up. But... Probably on the podium for sickos. They were pretty oh, bad. Oh, God, yeah. they're, they're sick. Yeah. They the really are is sick. very, very hard. Is that the one where the woman was luring the, the victims? The yeah. wife was luring the victims? Yeah. I mean, they killed their own daughter and buried them under the patio of the bat. So, you know, when you're looking through, you know, domain and you're looking at houses to buy, which is sort of, you know, most of my life, or houses to rent, and you're looking at these really old houses and the kitchen's really dodgy and the photo's really dodgy, it's, I always say, you know, decorated by Rosemary West because they look like crime scene photos. (laughs) So, yeah, Fred and Rosemary, I really like them. I also love the picture, the, like, the mugshot of Myra Hindley. But who, yeah. who's your favourite? Who's your favourite serial killer? The one you found memorable. most interesting, the, most, the one that titillated no, you the most. The, word. the one the most memorable. There you go. Yeah. Most memorable. Yeah. Right. Favourite. My most Richard Ramirez most memorable. Ooh, oh, just because he cool. did, he <laughs> did, he did some really dark shit. Up shit. So yeah. did you watch so, the documentary about that on Netflix? Probably. The Night Stalker. The, night the thing that has never left me about watching that documentary is one of the people said that he smelled like a goat. <laughs> well, I will, okay. That so, has just so, never left me since I heard that. Fucking right, awesome. so it's, it's fun. It's, isn't that funny how different things affect different people? So for me, <laughs> that's a standard daily occurrence for me. So I just take it as like... Well, smelling like a goat. Me. Yes, smelling people that smell like a goat. Yes, every day. The Night Stalker hat. People, you know, saw him on the telly and they 
you know, rallied the in the thing... street and they pulled him down and held oh, him there until right. the cops that, arrived. It, it was amazing. That's right. All right, yeah. so that for me, that was, yeah, I did watch that. You're 100% right. I watched that whole series and how that guy came to, uh, how that all came to fruition was absolutely amazing. Uh, and the people did a citizen's arrest in, on a mass and they did not destroy him, which, like, the police were scared they were going to do that. That, that was pretty cool. Uh, what yeah. he did, though, was uh, unbelievably horrific and he tortured those people uh, for long periods of time and sodomized them and did all sorts of things that were just uh, no human should ever have to think about or experience. Eddie, um, favourite? I think my, well, my, the one that really interests me the most is Ed Kemper. He was mm-hmm. a seven-foot-tall man with glasses. He looked like a librarian. But he did some of the most horrific things. He killed his own mother because uh, he, he hacked a voice box out. He um, cut her head off and he had sex with her head for days and days. He threw darts at it. Do you feel like it's been romanticised because of the incredible TV series called Mindhunter? <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that one up. Um, romanticised? Well, Ed... Kemper, he, he, he's kind of a, all the police describe him as a really nice guy. He's mm. very helpful mm. and he's very uh, respectful. Um, yep. It's just, there's something a little off with him. I think they caught him, the police actually could have caught him two or three times and um, one time they found several guns in the back of his car and... They he, somehow he talked his way out of it. He, he kind of escaped several times where, where they really should have caught him. Um, mm. uh, I'm not really familiar with how they actually did catch him in the end. Seems to be a recurring theme about these serial killers where the cops have had him and then they let him go. It seems to happen yeah. quite a lot. When you and Eddie first started discussing possibly talking about serial killers and true crime, one of you mentioned Albert Fish. Uh, killed and cannibalised children. That was, he was horrible. He was horrible. Well, once again, as opposed to any other serial killer? I would say um, in terms of interesting is it's just the amazing double life that uh, Ted Bundy managed to lead. Um, He actually helped to uh, run a campaign to get someone elected and you can actually see him being interviewed because he was accused of doing a bit of electoral fraud at the time or being party to it. And also the fact is he actually represented himself in court and the judge gave gave him a commendation for how well he uh, defended himself. Unbelievable. Yeah, video footage of the judge is saying, I wish you were on the other side. He goes, I wish you were on the other side, partner, because you would have made a damn good lawyer. Words to that effect. It's terrible, absolutely terrible. I think he also used to work as a suicide, like, telephone yeah. support yeah, person. He did. he did too. Yeah. yeah. Which is just outrageous. The first trial to be televised in America. Groupies came and were falling in love with him and he actually ended up marrying one of the women that turned up in the court. And that, that's a fascinating had a child. Um, thing, isn't it, how women oh, and men, I guess, too, fall in love with these um, serial killers. 
we've spoken about how they, you know, what, what they're all about, but there have been serial killers that have become serial killers from a brain injury where part of the brain that is responsible for things like empathy are damaged and they suddenly turn. And I can't think of an example, but I know... Rick West had been... a brain injury. He had oh, a right, motorcycle right. accident when he was young. Right, and, right. Yeah, yeah, had a, you know, like a frontal lobe injury, which whatever it does, fucked him up. If you're talking about uh, the, the frontal cortex or any sort of brain injury, the people that get uh, killed are the people that are close to and around you, your wife, the wife, the children, the parents, whoever's in the vicinity when they, that actually cracks. And the other way is people, they search out for certain people to kill. It's not, this is premeditated. There is a difference. The prefrontal cortex is the most modern part of our brain. It's it's the very True. front of our brain and it's the top few millimetres and it's responsible for our logical thinking. So um, people that get are under immense stress, to cut, make it very, you know, very simplified, basically your prefrontal cortex of logic stops functioning logically and your amygdala, which is the ancient part of your brain that is responsible for fear processing and creating, you know, fear-based memories for your protection as well. But that takes over and it starts to see everything as a threat. So that's when you see these people losing their shit over nothing and you're thinking, what is going on? Because they don't have that. That's right, chemical imbalance. They've got too much cortisol circling through their brain and that kind of shuts down the logical part of your brain and it, it fires up the, the primitive part of our brain that was really designed, you know, to, to run away from dinosaurs and, and predators and things from our, you know, early in our evolution. But that's still there in our brain and it can take over if you're, you know, if you're under immense stress. And, you know, and sure. that's the sort of thing that leads to those people. Sometimes it's one thing that just pushes them over the edge and it's like, bam, now they're in that frame of mind and now they have to go out and commit that crime a woman was being attacked and she was fighting for her life and she finally realized during this fight that she wasn't going to win and she just gave up and went limp and the guy let her go and left because the thrill for him was the fight and as soon as she stopped fighting that was it let's lighten the mood a little bit what would your serial killer name be (laughs) (laughs) what would your serial killer name be we have things like BTK, Son of Sam, The Night Stalker, The Yorkshire Ripper, Zodiac. What would your name be? The Ghost. Ooh. The Ineffectual. <laughs> uh, I'll, be, I'll be Matilda. <laughs> Matilda? They're not very inventive, guys. Come on. I can pick locks, so I could... To be the lock picker. Oh, my God. The lock picker. <laughs> Sounds terrifying. <laughs> well, they wouldn't be calling me Sid. They'd be too much of a giveaway. Oh, God, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. <laughs> I, I can't think of one well, for myself. Can... Like maybe you guys mm. can. Maybe the pool cleaner. That sounds pretty dodgy. man. <laughs> dissolve, dissolve them in chlorine. Pastel yeah. man. Yeah. Nice. Fuck you. <laughs> Captain, I don't know. I've never thought about being a serial killer before. It's not something. Are What's we that? giving our listener a bit of a how-to guide? Where would you, you dump how, it? How would I dispose of a body? 
Oh, straight to a farm and in the pigs straight away. Yeah, easy. As per the Jack Reacher book. That was one of the ways um, people were killed in a Jack Reacher novel. Disposed of in a Jack Reacher novel at a piggery. Yeah, it was also used in Hannibal and Snap. Deadwood. Yeah. I've got three ways of disposing of a lot. I'm only going to say one of them because two of them are so flawless that I'm actually seriously concerned that someone might use my idea. There's two of them, those two that I'm talking about, you could do on your own without any help and, yeah, you know, you're much less chance of getting caught. Well, the third way would be getting the lowest person that has access to a crematorium and bribing them. But if you had access to a crematorium, that's, you know, that's disposing of the body in a in an environment that is designed to dispose of bodies. Depending where you are, you could take them out, you know, into a, a river system or, a um, you know, the ocean even, tie a rock around their neck and throw them overboard. Yeah, the body's still there, but if it's if you're talking ocean, I mean, even Sydney Harbour, I mean, by the time anyone was likely to come across that body, you know, chained to an anchor at the bottom of the, the the ocean, it's not going to be that much left. You'd be surprised. Just make sure you take the shoes off. You'd be surprised. Just make sure there's enough holes in them that the gases don't float them up. There are, there are, there are like 50-plus uh, scuba divers in Sydney Harbour on the daily doing different shit. Well, maybe Sydney go Harbor. out past Sydney Harbour then. All, all I'm saying, you're right, but, like, you just dispose of it right there and there. you like, there's a great white shark bashing up against your boat, you throw the body over into its fucking mouth. That's what I'm saying. Like, you feed it to the pigs, you get rid of it. Not leave it to chance that, like, there's, a, there's an 80% chance it's going to get eaten within a week. You might get discovered tomorrow. You don't do that. I don't understand how these people are burying people, you know, six inches under the dirt, you know. Like, you're, <laughs> uh, 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 it's a strong it's wind and there's a hand sticking out of the ground, you know. It's like you really didn't think that through, did you? Only six inches under, you'd have um, dogs and other animals after it as well. But that happens. You know, sometimes you right. see but they're just covered with sticks and leaves, you know. So where would I hide a body? Um, I kind of like the film Vacation with Chevy Chase, so I would probably tie it <laughs> to the, the top garbage of, the car. of some random person's backyard in the rain. <laughs> Fabulous. So I asked my brother this question earlier today via text and I said to him, you know, where would you hide a body? And he, as quick as you like, responded back with all the others. Oh, nice. <laughs> that, that's just crazy because if you get caught with the one, <laughs> then you're discovered yeah. with the many. You know, there's no priest story, there's no after story, there's no how how were they killed, whatever, like you're just literally dumping the body. I would dump my body on a freeway because where the cars are just going past, no one's stopping, no one's doing anything, and you just dump it over the side a little bit. Cameras, dash There's no cameras. No dash cam, it's the middle of the night. And so you just dump it there. So it's almost in plain sight. 
There's no one there picking up the rubbish. There's no one there stopping. There's no one, if they, if anyone does stop and they're smelling it, they think, oh, what's that kangaroo dying over there? That's where I would dump a body. Sorry, is the premise of this like, where would you dump a body so you can get busted? Is this is is that what we're talking about? Because well, that's I suppose not, that's or not, not busted or whatever, you know. Right. So where would I dump a body? Like I would honestly around here in Sydney is probably pretty hard. If it was in the Northern Territory, you're putting straight into a swamp with those alligators. It's done. It's going to be yeah. shoved under a shelf and eaten. I, I, you want it consumed. You want no evidence, like no body. It makes the, the very hard for anyone to get you. No, you they dress can, them up can... as a hiker and leave them in the Blue Mountains. Oh, not, it's not weekend at Bernie's, okay? So, what what like, if you dried them out? What about if you got all the fluids out of them and they were dry as a piece of jerky uh, and then you just so grinded hello, them into dust? Hello, yeah. No, we then you went down to Summer Hill Markets and charged 15 bucks <laughs> a packet. Couldn't you just get a big industrial grinder and grind them into dust at that point? Concrete's not a bad way. If you're in construction, you can put well, the they haven't in concrete. Found, they haven't found Jimmy Hoffa, have they? <laughs> Well, you will be thinking this now, won't you? No, Welcome not really. Welcome to my world. Not really. You, you forget that I'm wearing a hoodie with covered in unicorns. Come to on. Be fair, okay, okay. So if we that would be your this, name, the Unicorn Killer. If you want to break this, <laughs> I stab them with my great big horns. However you want to do it, Princess. Oh my God! A Unicorn Killer. That is fabulous. You're going to horn them to death. I thought you said you're going to bore them to death. No, no, Sid's left now. <laughs> he was just burying a body. Give him a break. Yeah, that's right. He's too shoveling all day. Well, he, he kind of left really quickly, didn't he, during the whole bury the body thing? And it's like it kind of he just remembered he had to, something was, he had to finish. No, if you're talking about getting rid of a body, right, there's a, and you're saying, like, how would I dump it? There's a couple of things straight away. It's like if you punch some guy in the back street, he hits his head on the road and he dies, right, and you just happen to have winter gloves on that left no DNA, you're not touching that. You're just walking away from that. There's no cameras. You're dumping those gloves somewhere and you're not disposing of that body. If it's your wife... You've got to do something else, right? So the relationship, how close you are to the victim depends on how you're going to dispose of that body. Does it not? Because and how big the life if you, insurance is. If, if, if it can be tracked back to you, the less it can be tracked back to you is inversely proportional to how you react to disposing the body. Yeah. Yes, my, my Marianne always says... Um, You'll never get away with it. They always catch the husband. Well, it's like it's it's nine out of ten. Like a wife, if a, a partner dies, especially in the home, it's nine times out of ten is the is the the, the significant other. You've it had, happens all the time. They're, they they're, are the they're, podcasts they're, they're, that I listen to. The, the fathers, of being. the fathers are just kind of like I didn't do it, and they're that they're the one, they're the one. They didn't do it, but the cops are like, "No, nah, man, it's a nine out of ten thing." So that means the, all of you did it. <laughs> so yeah. I know. Oh if you're God. a murdered How wife in America with life insurance, the chances of being murdered, I think, are about hundred and ten percent. Women usually use psychology and manipulate, and and like at high school. 
guys will punch each other in the face. Women will like, or young women. Tease them until they get an eating disorder. Oh my God, who is this guy? Are you in my fucking brain? 100%. Exactly what I was going to say. They'll harass them until they develop an eating disorder. That's what happens. That's what girls do. But see, if you're going to commit a murder, they say that women use poison. So if you're a guy, use poison. Or they say that if you cover up the face, then you knew them. You had some fire, personal fire, connection. So you've got to you've got to use the, the psychology. So the cops come out and they go, "Oh, okay." So if you've killed a stranger, you cover their face. It's like, "Oh, well, the killer knew this person." So straight away, you're out of the loop. Then they've been stabbed seventy-eight times. They definitely knew this person. This was revenge. And on top of that. You know, you're you're just kicking back going, ha-ha, well, you know, I had nothing to do with that because why would I stab a complete stranger 78 times? Has anybody here ever, like, really wanted to murder somebody? That's a whole other podcast. No. All right, so we'll finish on a joke. Once again, let's keep the mood light. A joke? Yeah, a joke. What sort of shoes do serial killers wear? Sneakers, although that has nothing to do with cars. Crocodile shoes? I don't know why. But... No. Vans. Vans. <laughs> oh, it's not very good. funny because I fucked it. Oh, that is good. White oh, vans. No, that's good. Yes. That's good. My podcast, which will be coming out shortly, is Improve Me. And it is science-based mind hacks and body hacks and essentially ways of living your life better and easier through really simple stuff. And it's available just online? It'll be available initially um, through ACAST. ACAST. um, So that'll be, that's basically, I mean, I have to to still sign up for some of these individually, but it'll eventually be on Google, Amazon, Spotify, YouTube, Apple, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, CastBox, and Deezer. So eventually it'll be on all of those, but it's still quite early in its inception, so it will be out. Looking forward to it, John. So thanks for joining us as we delved into the world of true crime. I'm sure you've got a few tips on where you can bury your next body and what you're going to call yourself once you become a mass murderer. I'd like to thank all of our podcasters tonight and we'll see you all soon. If you wish to contact us or wish to confess something, you can contact us at podnoname at gmail.com or find us on our Facebook page, podnoname slash Facebook slash someone. (laughs) Facebook slash podnoname. It's a new, it's a new, yeah. I like it. For both, for someone. <laughs> so she gives a fuck. <laughs>
Yeah, we, we just piddle on them while the boys do. What about if you uh, bury a body underneath the lemon tree? How does... That definitely works well. I can speak to that. that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Just write that one down. But, you know, we, it, we're in a country town in a reasonably small school. I'll tell you, I used to run around the playground um, hand in hand with Barjas, pretending we're Batman and Robin. The news yesterday where two guys <laughs> fell into the vat of chocolate yeah. at the M&M's factory. Oh, yes. Oh. They sort of wrapped him in like a poly waffle and then took him on the... <laughs> oh, you know. God. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a Willy Wonka reference somewhere coming there. Oh, yeah, that's all, you know, Augustus. Did you see, did watch the news tonight and see that guy that had the cornflakes shoved up his ass? No, I missed that. It was a, it was a serial killer. <laughs> oh, jeez. Although I'll tell you what, if I have to bury one that day, you're first on my list, mate. I'm calling you because you've got all <laughs> the ideas. You've been thinking about this shit for a while. I love the... it. Just my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I just took the dog outside to do a wee and it was like wind was ice. <laughs> so I've come inside and I'm um, externally cold again. So you took the dog outside so you could do a wee or you took the dog out so you could do a wee? Oh, both of us. Okay. Just out in the front yard, you know. What is it? What is that thing? And it gets me to sci-fi as well. There's something happening. So We're not here to talk that? about sci-fi, that's for sure. Where's Sid gone? Uh, I don't know. I think he had to go. He said he had to go. Yes. I took him literally. He said he had to go. I don't, I don't believe him that he was getting a shovel, but I do believe he had to go. Mm. Well, maybe all this Didn't... chat just reminded he, he had a body in the back of his car. And he had <laughs> Has Jerry gone? No, no. He's uh, back. He'll be oh, back. No, Give him time. No, it was just, just Sid. Yeah, okay. Sorry to go back to sci-fi, but, like, that's obviously sci-fi is unrealistic. We're not talking but, about sci-fi. Oh, it's going to be the catchphrase of this. It's going to be like, true crime. We're not talking about sci-fi. Yeah. Dark episode, John. Hey? It's a dark episode, isn't it? I'm fine with it. <laughs> you haven't noticed? <laughs> Yeah, but Jerry, uh, the Daleks were serial killers. Mass murderers. Mass murderers, yeah. Nice segue. No, no, Dalek. Daleks no, we're not taking killers. up any more time with sci-fi, <laughs> all right? So nice segue into serial killers. <laughs> Who's your favourite serial killer? Johnny, I, I love you, man. I love you the way you think. It's fucking good. It really is. <laughs> So I would. No, I, I do. Would, I do. Uh, I honestly do. It sounds wanky, whatever, but like, no, you think the right way. That's the way to think, dude. What sort of cars? Oh no, I fucked it. All right, stop. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Go can all be fixed with media training? Media honestly, training. Media training. Yeah, <laughs> oh my honestly, God. I, 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 <laughs> the biggest mountains are in the ocean, dude. Yeah. Well, you know. I'm sorry, I've been a dick. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll agree. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>